Welcome, welcome everyone to the Enthusiast Life brought to you by GamerGoo. My name is Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Friday, January 29th, 2021. That's right, it is WandaVision Friday. So in this episode, we are breaking down episode four of WandaVision. But before I get to that, I do want to, uh, again, just a little bit of housekeeping here. Don't forget this weekend, I'm actually going to be releasing um, the latest Patreon episode. So uh, for those of you that uh, aren't patrons of the show and do enjoy hearing that, you will be getting that this weekend kind of as a little extra episode. Uh, probably shooting for tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. We had some great conversations this week. I did actually record it a little bit later than I normally do, so that's why this is going to be coming out this weekend. So definitely be on the lookout for that. So you'll be getting some more Enthusiast Life this week uh, than what you normally get. So uh, hopefully you'll you'll enjoy that episode. Uh, and then also, obviously, because this is WandaVision Friday, spoiler alert, I am going to be just jumping right into uh, WandaVision spoilers here. I'm actually, uh, you know, here, quick, the quick little uh, overview. I loved this episode, loving this series. Go watch it. That's about all I can give you here uh, without spoiling anything. So uh, the plot thickens, let's say, this week for sure. So let's jump into it, guys, with WandaVision episode four. So again, spoilers. Uh, if you haven't watched the episode yet, stop it now. Come back once you do watch it. First up, Love the opening to this episode. Before we even get to the Marvel Studios role or you know whatever you want to call it, kind of intro, we get the blipping back of Monica Rambeau. I love that. We haven't seen that yet in any of the MCU content, right? I mean, we we obviously assume that happens. I mean, I guess the closest we ever get is uh, Spider-Man, you know, Far From Home, I guess. But uh, we didn't actually get that. Um, actual visuals. So seeing Monica in the hospital and who we find out is sitting by her mother's bed, you know, Marie Rambeau, um, waking up just in an empty hospital room, having no clue what happened. She's been gone for five years. Um, and then kind of the chaos that ensues in that hospital was just awesome to see. I mean, we knew there would obviously be chaos. We saw the chaos when they all kind of blip out. But seeing them come back in and, and not only just pop in, like in my head, I just kind of pictured, I don't know why I never pictured like the the actual ash coming back together, you know, like when we would see them blip out, it's almost just like, you know, like in a campfire, just like a, a ashes kind of just, you know, going away. I never really saw them like coming back and reforming the person. Uh, but obviously that's that's what we got. Um, I would love to see like in her situation, she's in a hospital room with nobody in the bed. Uh, as she's running down the hallway, we see another hospital room where someone is in the bed and then someone's materializing next to the bed. What happens if you were laying in a bed and there's someone laying in that bed as well? Are you forming within that person? I don't know. I want to see that. I think it would be kind of crazy. Um, but uh, I love that. And you know, then we do find out her mom is dead. Remember her mom, obviously, uh, from Captain Marvel, Monica herself. As a child, uh, this is actually now, I guess, the first time we are actually kind of uh, acknowledging who she is. Um, you know, this is kind of the, the worst kept secret. Everybody kind of knew um, who she was going to be. But she was, of course, the young girl in Captain Marvel. And her mom, Marie, was Captain Marvel's friend, whose house she ends up staying at. Um, we do learn Marie is the one who has set up S.W.O.R.D. Because S.W.O.R.D., obviously, we get some of the background here for S.W.O.R.D. Uh, in this episode. Uh, it's kind of the first time they're kind of really, truly acknowledging it. Uh, in the series, I mean, obviously, we've seen the logo multiple times, uh, but like I've been saying here on the show, S.W.O.R.D. is kind of the um, shield equivalent to the cosmos, and uh, Marie is the one that kind of helped set it up and was the director up until three years ago uh, when we have learned that she has uh, died of cancer. And, you know, to Monica, when when the nurse keeps telling her your mom is dead, 
Um, she just can't believe it because for her, literally seconds before she was sitting in her mom's bedside um, for surgery where she did get over the cancer, but then two years later, it came back and she passed away. And, you know, all these people have been gone for five years. Um, and then I love, you know, we kind of get the visual of Monica going back to um, the sword base where she obviously was working before with her mom. And, uh, you know, her badge doesn't work. And uh, now the new director, I forget what his name, something Hayward, John Hayward, I think was his name. Um, you know, it's interesting to see that Monica put in place these, you know, this protocol where if anyone blips and does come back, they're basically forced to say stay on Earth and can't go beyond. Um, you know, I could understand her putting those restrictions in place because we didn't know where these people went. Like, we don't know when they come back. Do they have bad intentions? Is there something that, you know, maybe they encountered while they were away that, um, you know, would kind of, I guess, put je put at jeopardy just the, the uh, safety of Earth. And so she kind of put those kind of guardrails in place so that if they do come back, um, they, they can't leave. And obviously in, in Monica's place, that's where she stuck. But, you know, for her first uh, job, her first case, man, she picked a tough one because, you know, having to deal with what's, what's going on here with Wanda is, is kind of crazy. But I love that, like, when, when we kind of learn what's happening here, and it's kind of what everybody's been speculating, that Wanda herself is kind of creating this, this town, you know, nobody really suspects it. I mean, the first time we see it, it's two police officers sitting in a cop car. And she pulls up, and of course, Jimmy Woo is back, which we're going to get to him in a second. Um, and that's it. Like, nobody's really questioning right now other than, hey, this town didn't exist. The cops don't seem like they're really concerned with what's happening, which to me was kind of crazy. Like, I, I'm, I think if you're two police officers and you can't get into a town, and it's a town that didn't exist literally, you know, uh, hours ago, they could be a little bit more concerned than that. But they're just kind of hanging out like nothing. And then uh, once Jimmy Woo says, hey, if we need your help... You know, we'll, we'll give you a call. They just leave. Like, that. that's a little odd to me. But, you know, I don't know if we'll ever come back and kind of figure out what's going on with those cops. But um, to me, I think that'd be a little <laughs> a little concerning. Um, but then we do kind of learn that, you know, Jimmy Woo, number one, like I said, he's back. I love having him back. Um, you know, from, from Ant-Man, he is awesome. Uh, we got some nice little just comedic little, little quips from him kind of throughout this episode. Uh, especially the one of him uh, wanting to create a, a, a little Jimmy Woo, give him a little Woo badge, I thought was was kind of funny. Um, but, you know, of all the people, why do they call him in? You know, that's I was kind of like, Jimmy, he, this is the guy you call him, the guy who couldn't, you know, keep Ant-Man under wraps in his house. Like, this is the guy you're calling in. Uh, but uh, I think it's great having him come back. And actually, I'd kind of forgotten that him and, um, you know, Darcy Lewis, we're going to be a part of this. Darcy, of course, from uh, the Thor movies, uh, who is now Dr. Darcy Lewis, which is uh, kind of great. Um, but I knew they had announced that those actors were going to be in the series, but I'd kind of forgotten. I know with the uh, uh, episode when we heard Jimmy's voice, people were saying, oh, that's Jimmy Woo. That's Jimmy Woo. Um, but I just wasn't thinking of that. And, you know, and then obviously when we saw him in today's episode, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I love the part that both of them are playing here, right? The mystery over what is happening in this town is wild. And I love that they didn't even realize that it was Wanda up until Darcy's getting that extra broadcast and kind of realizes that there's some sort of TV broadcast underneath these these radio waves or the, these radio, radioactive wave, like cosmic rays or something she was saying. And uh, she taps into it with an old television and then they are seeing the television show. You know, I mean, in my head, I kept thinking that S.W.O.R.D. kind of knew what was going on and that they knew it was Wanda that they were after. But they didn't until they actually 
tapped into those television waves and were, were just like us, the audience, watching the show. I thought that was uh, really neat to the point where even Darcy's getting invested. You know, when she sees the <laughs> the twist of the twins, um, I thought was uh, was hilarious, you know, that she's uh, kind of getting invested in it. Um, you know, they, they are kind of doing that that board up on the wall with everything they know. And it's funny, I'm thinking like Jimmy Woo and Darcy, and I mean, even all the members of S.W.O.R.D. are kind of playing the same role as we, the audience, have been up to this point. You know, all that that board up on the wall is things that people have been doing over the internet for the last three weeks, you know, trying to figure out what is going on. Like, what do we know? Who do we know is in this? And try to figure out what is happening. And the characters themselves in S.W.O.R.D. are doing exactly the same thing, trying to figure it out. Um... But I, I'm interested in who those people are because the cops say that that Eastview existed, and now it is Westview. But do we do we know that where the location of Westview was that actually Eastview, or is it just a completely fictional area? Like if you were just driving down that road beforehand, you would have just drove through an empty space and Wanda herself created Westview, created the sign on the highway, all that, or. When she took it over, did Eastview suddenly become Westview? Don't know if we got confirmation of that. The only reason I think that it may not have been Eastview is, again, back to that police officer. I mean, if if I went back to my hometown of Rotterdam, New York, which is you know right outside Albany, and suddenly it was Fodderdam, New York, and everything had changed and it was like it had always been that for years, I would be panicking. <laughs> there would be something wrong and the fact that I can't enter into it like there's a uh, crazy barrier in place I think I'd be a little bit more uh, manic than um, just sitting there chilling you know especially if I'm a, a figure of authority like a police officer um, so I'm thinking Westview is completely completely fabricated and maybe just based on Eastview which again makes me wonder who are those people that are in the town with Wanda because they do identify every single one of them you know, are these characters that are going to have a place at some point, maybe after, you know, are we going to start to see these characters because they go through this experience? Are they going to somehow join S.W.O.R.D., be a part of S.W.O.R.D.? Um, you know, I haven't really dealt, obviously, just having just watched it, I haven't investigated any of the names in there. So I'm sure, you know, the the Internet's going to go and have a field day with these people over the next week of all those names trying to, you know, find Easter eggs and pinpoint all that stuff. But as of right now, as me recording this, having just watched the show 11 minutes ago, um, I don't know. I don't know that. So I'm guessing, you know, there may be something like that there. Um, you know, what else? Uh, you know, having the moment of when they're watching the show and like the beekeeper going through, you know, I thought that was interesting that, you know, because even even Jimmy Woo mentions it, like, do we know this barrier doesn't go subterraneous? Um, and obviously it does because he they, they thought he got in a little bit. Then they say like you're five meters in. And then when he actually did get in, then that's when the cord got cut. Um, he completely retroed himself. You know, he became kind of uh, in a beekeeper suit of that time period. And, uh, you know, it makes you think like whatever she's creating becomes something relative to that time. Now, here's the question I have. The drone was able to go in. It kept its color, but it converted over to what would be like a helicopter, I guess, of that period. The beekeeper turned into a beekeeper of that period. I mean, he wasn't a beekeeper. He was like a, a what, radioactive suit or whatever it was that he was in. He turned into a beekeeper of that time period, but he didn't change color. Why? You know, and I mean, even even uh, Monica herself 
hasn't changed color. Do humans not turn color, but physical things can? And then how come when the glass broke uh, with, uh, what's her name, Donna, why why did she bleed in color? You know, there's a couple questions I have, and I don't know if we're going to get the answers to that. I don't even know if it is relevant to know that. Um, but I would, you know, if something from the outside, like the, um, the drone can change color and show us some glimpses of color, why does someone from the outside coming in not portray that as well? Don't know. Don't, I, you know, I, I don't know that, but, um, again, is that relevant? I don't know. I just found that interesting. Um, but then also what's interesting is when watching the show, us as the viewers, the last couple of weeks, we know of these extra scenes. So in that scene, we saw that, um, with the radio scene, when Jimmy is trying to contact her through that radio, um, we saw kind of cuts of Donna asking, who is that? You know, just kind of quickly cut to her saying like, how do you get the blood out of a linen, you know, do it yourself. And then even the moment at the very end, when, she shoots Monica out and suddenly they're back on the couch, which of course Darcy picks up on that and is like, wait a minute, this is somehow being edited. Um, you know, we as the audience, we knew there was those extended scenes. I guess we're led to believe that Wanda is the one in control here because she does, she actually says that to Vision, like, oh, I'm in control of everything. Um, what is, you know, why is she editing that down and not showing that? Why is that being edited to not be seen does Wanda maybe you know I just in my head I can't help but think all of this is Wanda's doing which I I mean they're kind of portraying that to us they're they're you know giving us those subtle not so subtle hints I guess that it is but the reason is again to have a life that she can never have again and part of that is with the the just extremely disturbing image of of uh, Vision with his head just destroyed with his you know dead eyes um, from Infinity War was just disturbing, you know, and that that she has that vision, no pun intended, of him again. And, um, you know, she is so saddened and distraught by the loss of him um, that this is the only way she could cope was that she, you know, basically decided I'm going to live in a reality where I can bring him back and live the life that I never could have. Um so essentially, you know, she's, I'm not going to say the villain, but she's putting all these other people at risk, basically just being, you know, all for herself, you know, she's being selfish essentially by, you know, especially if those other people in that town, they're basically being held captive by Wanda um, to play into this ploy that she's doing just to make herself, you know, uh, be happy and not have to deal with the death of Vision. And I think back to the end of Endgame when she's talking to uh, Hawkeye, on the water and because really they're the two that really lost people i mean obviously tony tony's gone right so um you have pepper and, and all that everybody's saddened at tony's loss but the other two people that actually really lost someone are hawkeye and black widow and uh her wanda with vision and i want to go back and watch that scene because at that time and, and every time i've seen it from what i can remember like it seems like she's at peace with his death it seems like she um is confiding in Hawkeye, obviously, but he's confiding in her, and they're both just kind of comforting each other in that moment, saying, yes, we've lost someone, but we can move on. I want to go back, and I'm sure you can pick apart her words where you're still seeing that she's not ready to move on, and I think that's what's going on here. I mean, I kept thinking in my head that this was somehow going to be tied to Hydra, and you know, they're the ones holding her there. I mean, go back in these past couple WandaVision Fridays. like That's what I was talking about, but now throwing all that out the window. I think that those are all just the manifestations of the pain and the past of Wanda coming into this television series where even though she's created this reality for herself, 
she still can't let go of some of those things. And I mean, obviously she can't let go of vision, of vision because he's, he's there. Um, but of her past, like striker, which makes me really now still wonder because the one actor we haven't seen yet is Evan Peters, the guy who played Quicksilver in the X-Men films, not Quicksilver in age of Ultron. So is that the way now is he going to come back into this and play Quicksilver? I don't know. Um, but we still have yet to see him. So he's going to be in the series at some point. Um, we had the reference, obviously, to her brother in the last episode through Monica. Um, makes me wonder just, you know, what's what's the role that that memory is going to play? And where do we go from here now? Now that we, as the audience, know some of the changes. I, I think we've seen um, clips of a, yet another, like, an 80s episode. And I think someone, I, there was a quote of somebody saying, like, oh, actually it was Matt Clark I was talking to in, in the uh, Patreon, which you guys will hear. Uh, this weekend, saying that the music in the 80s episode is great. So I'm guessing we're going to kind of get this like back and forth. I don't think we're going to get a full WandaVision episode, like retro episode. Again, I think we're going to kind of be flashing back between them with them kind of picking things apart. And then now that they know they can send people in, I think we may be doing that a little bit more. I mean, obviously the beekeeper got in, but then got rewound. Um, Obviously, Monica was able to get in there as Geraldine for a long time. I mean, she's been in there really since the beginning uh, or not since the beginning, but since, um, you know, that, that uh, second episode. They need to get in there and figure out what's happening with Wanda. Because that's really the only way is to send things in. And what if they send in like a fleet of people? Or maybe there's somebody they call on to head in um, to go in. Now, knowing that Quicksilver's dead, he would be the one really that they could send in. But knowing that that character is not, I mean, he died in Age of Ultron. So who do they send in? Is there is there a, a secret hero that we don't know of that they can maybe send in that will really trigger um wanda's memory you know for everything you know who could they call upon to do that um, we know this leads into dr strange of the multiverse of madness could they bring in dr strange in this moment maybe get his help um i don't know man there, there's a lot that they could do i think now now that the kind of the the curtain's been pulled back and we're kind of seeing what's happened. But they got to get her out. Uh, and I think the only way to do that is to somehow they got to get somebody or, or a group of people in there to convince her to stop this. Um, because really, that's the, the only way. Other than that, I mean, she's so powerful. We see what she does to Monica. She tosses her right through the building. I mean, even go back to Endgame where she just lifts Thanos up like nothing. It's, I mean, if it wasn't for you know him shouting rain fire when all the bullets came crashing down on the planet... She would have totally destroyed Thanos in that moment. Um, she is one of the most powerful characters we know of in the MCU. I mean, it's I, I probably put what her and, and Captain Marvel, from what we know, as the two strongest heroes. You know, do you get a Brie Larson? Do we get a, a Captain Marvel? Do the, does Sword call upon Captain Marvel in this instance to come to come in and save the day? Maybe that's it. You know, we we I haven't thought of that, but maybe that's what they need to do. Maybe that's the only way. It's to get her involved, especially with the tie to Monica, especially with the tie to Sword. I'm sure they have a direct connection to her. They can call upon her um, to come in. We'll see. But a great episode. And, you know, I've just, this episode really drilled home for me how how much I love this series. Like the first couple episodes were fun, neat rides. The mystery was there, the intrigue, you know, all of that. Um, But now kind of having that curtain pulled back a little bit and really getting the glimpses of what's going on here. Um, and then, you know, just kind of getting the the turn of Wanda. And, you know, you're never going to look at her, I think, the same again in the series uh, until it kind of wraps. 
Um, I love it, man. What what a great series so far. I just I love the MCU. Like there's just I was just trying to think in my head like they're just doing something incredible with this, where it's like every movie and now every show just continues to build the overall story. I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's just like reading a comic book, right? But the cool thing is like it, all of this ties together. Sure, you can go read comics and in the end, they're all kind of in the same world. But, you know, you could just read like the Venom series right now. And what's happening there just is not happening in, you know, an Avengers book or a Wolverine book or whatever. Where here, it's like everything is tied together somehow and I love it and everybody's along for the ride like you could read be reading the latest Avengers run and, and be all about that and I'm reading Venom and as cool as it is to talk and tell each other about it we're not reading them together we're not reading them both we're now in this case everybody is on top of this story and I just love it I love it it is so good so uh, that's gonna do it for me this week guys I absolutely loved it let me know your thoughts on this episode of WandaVision and kind of where you think it's going because that's all I'm going to be doing all weekend now. I know, as always, uh, of course, in our, our Patreon Discord, we're going to be talking about it, I'm sure, for the next week as well, <laughs> theorizing everything. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. So like I said, be on the lookout this weekend for the latest patron episode. I'm going to try to put that out to you Saturday. Actually, maybe I'll just queue it up now so it'll release tomorrow morning. Um, and of course, if you do want to become a patron of the show and you want to get access to that early or even get in the Discord and chat it up with us about the MCU, um, you can find that information down in the show notes. You'll get exclusive access to uh, the uh, patron-only Discord and of course, get early access to the patron episode. Big thanks as always to GamerGoo for continuing to support the show. GamerGoo is that anti-perspirant for your hands. You put it on, it lasts you up to four hours of coverage. I actually got my Series X yesterday, fired that thing up. So uh, I'm going to be jumping into some games. And they started playing the medium. I'll talk about that a little bit on Monday. Uh, but there's definitely going to be some frights in that game, I think. So I'm probably going to need my Gamer Goo because I'm going to be sweating my hands off. Uh, head on over to GamerGoo.com. You can find that link in the show notes as well. Check out all the different scents over there. And if you are interested in purchasing some Gamer Goo, be sure to use my promo code TELL, T-E-L, and save yourself 10% off your order today. Well, everybody, have a great rest of the weekend. And until next week, we'll catch you next time.